aggressive. No, I, I just I just wanted to do it out of nowhere. But since you, you since you want it to be smooth, I'll let you do the smooth. So smooth. You see, now it's a cold open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hello and welcome to another episode of A Brother's Squirrel. That's Jake. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that's Bob. <laughs> oh, that was my funnest running gag until maybe, it wasn't. Maybe whenever we get a legit intro, maybe the very first thing you hear is Nicole saying, hi. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've also got to say, before I forget, her Deadpool list, I whenever you text me and said that I only had nine, I almost put Marty Scorsese. But I was like, fuck, I don't feel like trying to spell Scorsese right now. <laughs> and that's why I didn't put it on there. And whenever she said, whenever she had him on her honorable mentions, I was like, damn it, I should have said it. Because now watch him kill over and she's going to be the one that'll look like Nostradamus or something. But. Why does everybody want to talk about the Deadpool? <laughs> I am seriously weirded out by it. I because want this to all be weirded out the last it. year it's done because it's so fucking just bad it's mean oh you know what i just realized what did you just realize your star screen picture holding up yeah you just noticed my no, background no, no, no i've seen it but dude that is like a perfect podcast picture if you it's think... also someone else's stuff oh is it oh yeah. i thought you drew that no oh. well never mind i give you no too that much was credit. from a web comic that oh, okay. uh they just i give you too much credit hell no Especially now, okay, sure, the base drawing, go for it, but there's actual art yeah. behind it. That's your first sign it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's there's severely defined lines. God, what was the name of that comic? I uh, it was about a bunch of people working at a at a fucking toy store. Uh damn. Uh unpack or not unpacked, uh I don't know, like Rare in Box or something like that. I don't remember. It was it's namey. Its name was based off of uh, a rarity and pricing of toys, so I can't remember it. But yeah, it went. It got stupid. But I'll it leave was that open, even though that means I'm going to get dog hair in it, probably. But still, no, it's okay. That way, it's not loud because I I could hear it on the one episode, so I'm like, I won't do that. Again. Oh yeah, you should have heard. Oh, you could hear last week's me freaking opening up my my Sunny D jug. I didn't hear it. <laughs> but but not. Nah. No, last week's was good, dude. That was pretty good. It was kind of nice, yeah. Gotta, I gotta tell my fun story. <laughs> I fucking love the 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 theater. It's so oh. bad. That thing is so damn bad. I it's know. Great. Yeah, that's what I love about it. I'm like, I can't find one that's well written. That's gonna be the hard part. I've got to find one. Spoiler: with no editing. Last one wasn't well written either. I know. That's what I'm saying. I've got to find one that sounds like a three year old. No, wrote no, it. Jake. That isn't the mark of fun fanfic. The dumb writing is... You could have something that has perfect diction in it, but if it's about two freaking uh, trolls turning into goblins and kissing, there you go. It's still fucking dumb. And Bob, since uh, I kind of wanted to talk to you about this, you are now the the owner of a Nintendo Switch. Okay. What do you think about Um, it? It's not bad. Like, uh, what was it? Last week, I... uh, I just realized I haven't I haven't fucked with my 3DS in so long. I was selling it. What was it worth? Your 3DS? Nothing. About oh. thirty bucks because it's, you know. Yeah. Uh, people are getting rid of them because of the Switch. Because it's a console that you can take on the go. The Switch is what two fifty. 
two ninety nine. But I, uh, so I grabbed that. I grabbed some other games, and since I never played Xenoverse two, I end up selling that and the first one, Destiny, and a bunch of other shit. The only thing that it hurt to get rid of was Fire Emblem Awakening and Bravely Default because you're a whore for Fire Emblem. Oh no, just for that game. The I played Fate or whatever the the. They made three fucking games that were the same story. One from one family, one from another, and then one where you could switch. It was or where you can choose a different option. It is so boring, but Awakening was so fucking fun, so refreshing, and dear god, I had to restart the whole game when right before I beat it because in it, you know, you're you pair off people and they can actually give you bonuses in combat and if you know, they're a marriable couple. They'll get married, and it's all about wonky time. So their kids come back from the future to help. Well, I realized I left my kid trapped in a mirage desert where it actually said it is only accessible once every 50 years. I left him trapped in a desert hellscape. When I realized that, I was like, fuck. So I had to restart it <laughs> because that was messed up. I wonder what the story would have been if you would have went back to him. Oh, no, no. 50 years later. Oh, he just wouldn't be there Mm. because it would have closed up and he would have disappeared. Mm. But, well, he could have just been actively trapped in it. But anyway, uh, yeah, so it was... Mommy? It was amazing. (laughs) And I... So I had problems getting rid of those two because they were just so good games. But apparently GameStop had a thing to where if you have six or more games... Their resale value is 60% more. Damn. So I only paid half for a uh, a Switch and Zelda. Fire Emblem. No, Fire Emblem Warriors. There's How did a you d- not buy Zelda? I'm like so you know surprised Here's that. why, here's why. I'm not a huge fan of just, oh, it's an open world game. You can do all this. And weapon durability. I fucking hate weapon durability. It is the opposite of immersion in gameplay. When you can get... Now, except in uh, Ocarina, the big knife, it was meant to be brittle. Like, after so many hits, it shatters. That was the point of the knife. But a goblin attacks you with a weapon 85 times and you block every time. You kill him, take it, you use it three times and it breaks. That kind of immersion, durability only matters when it's everybody's. If they attack you three times and it breaks, you attack them, great. If it's across the board, go for it. Just like Double Dragon, whenever they would have weapons, they would just attack and attack with it, and it was never ending. Exactly. You would pick up that same weapon, and you wouldn't get the same use. I can shake that B twice, and it's gone. Double Dragon. I hated that game. It was not good. I love Double Dragon. It was not good, but I... Double Dragon 2 was my shit, dude. Love that game so much. I remember the third one on Sega. We can never get past the final mummy boss guy. Yeah. Piece of shit. But uh, in terms of the system itself, it's kind of nice. I hate the controller when you got it when you get it down to it. Because it's those two little con things. And when you put it on its like normal controller base, you get foldy hands. It's not built uh, for for big, strong hands. Manly hands. For, for rock biter mitts. <laughs> These look like big, strong hands. But uh, <laughs> it's not built for that. So, and you know, I got big fuck you mitts, so it's annoying. So, but at the same time, it's nice. It's nice to be able to uh, play. And then you're like, you know what? 
I want to watch a movie. Click, crack, flop, put on the movie, and play some more. <laughs> so, yeah. So, of course, the first game I got was... The only game I ever bought for my Wii, my Wii U was Hyrule Warriors. I remember. This, now... I'm gonna be getting other games because there's a lot of the, there's a lot that people tell me I need to give it a try, uh, like definitely Super Mario. Yeah, that one sounds. Everybody amazing. tells me it's fucking amazing. Same way with Zelda though. I, I didn't know about the weapon durability, yeah. but everything else I've heard is that it's an amazing game. And that is honestly enough for me to not dig a game. Is one one mechanic that can just pull you out? I'm just no. But yeah, I heard it is beautiful. It's great, but I can't. I I ain't, I ain't about that, Jake. Yeah. Not now. Not ever. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. But no, it's it is a it's not a graphical powerhouse, but it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be a really pretty system that you can kick back, relax, and play, and then also take on the go. Because handheld games are usually hobbled; they're usually crippled from what they are normally. Right. This is a system, and I mean, hell, third-party companies are already actively trying to work with Nintendo because they don't have the stupid gimmick is the fact that it can be taken around. If they're going to be do, doing some stupid fucking uh, motion control bullshit, Nintendo can do that themselves. They don't have to build a game around some stupid fucking concept. Like, I don't know, you have to look at the screen that you're holding in your hands and then look at the normal screen. There's two different screens that show two different things. Fuck you. Like, eat every ounce of cock. But no, this, it's just a game you can then take on the go. Right. Done. So people are actively wanting to toss their shit on. And at the same time, they're just like, oh, you can play Skyrim. Fuck Skyrim. Because it is, it is, it's not, it's not now Skyrim after all the patching, after all that. It is Skyrim launch. It is the same shit game that was when it was launched in... God, what was it, 2012? 2012 2013, yeah. Yeah, because I remember I actually going to the midnight release because someone at work gave me a call. I was like, hey, you want to you want to go to the midnight release of Skyrim? I was like, I don't have it yet. I was like, we can go a couple hours early and you can get it then. I was like, sure. So, <laughs> so I think it was, it was 2012, though. It was uh, either 11 or 12. It was, it was fall of 2012. It wasn't 11 because me and Sarai were married whenever I bought Skyrim. Ooh, maybe it was 11. No, because I moved out here in 2011. Then it was 12, because it might have been 2011. Oh, oh, oh! No, 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 no! It was after, because no, no, it wasn't that. I thought I was wearing a shirt that you gave me, but I remember stupid stuff. I'm the same way. I remember stupid stuff also, but I'm pretty sure. Well, it's hard to forget wearing a shirt that has R2-D2 and C-3PO as a Dalek and a Cyberman. <laughs> True. But you weren't here. November 11th, 2011. So, yes, I was here. Then why weren't you... 11-11-11. That is very But I odd. was, because I remember... The I reason, don't remember you being here when I went. But the reason I remember it is putting my save like on making it a cloud save that way I could play it down here on your system no, 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 or no, no, upstairs no, no, no. the bet the bet do you remember the bet where you kept on fucking saying uh, the hanger was in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 and I was telling you you were an idiot so we actually bet on it to where if you won I would give you Skyrim but if you lost you had to buy the new Saints Row when it came out for me and you fucking lost 
Is that what it was? That was the bet. You were an idiot who thought that that demo was for Tony Hawk 2, not 1. No, I knew the demo was for 1, but the hangar itself, was that, that level. You right, thought that, it was 2. But the level itself is what I was mixed up on. Trust me, I knew the 1 we was on that, that demo. We that goddamn demo. Yes, we did. Then no, you didn't, Jake, because that demo was for Tony Hawk 1. But see, that one, I was thinking that one wasn't called the hangar, though. I was thinking that one was called something You're thinking different. of hangar 18. Possibly. Yeah, but... Yeah, so... <laughs> or was it just the warehouse or whatever it was? See, I thought it was called the warehouse. Okay. Yeah. I think that's I why just I it, thought whenever yeah. you said the hangar, that's why I'm like, no, that's not the second one. Anyway. That's That's why. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Because <laughs> that demo had two stages. That was it. No, that was it. That had one stage. That and two skaters. Nope, because remember... It had that whole downhill one where it's outside. It had two levels on the demo because that outside one was where we listened to Superman the most nope. because oh we God. kept running out of time on that fucking course. Yes. It was, Jake, the demo was a timed attack. But there was two different levels on that demo. There was one and two skaters. <laughs> we are not going about this again, there Jake. There was two levels. Jacob, you are wrong. You are absolutely wrong. Did I see you wanting to kick me? <laughs> nope, I'm not wanting to kick you this time. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Demo. Not Pro Skater 2. Fine, I'll put one. You guys are really going to be doing this to me. Fine, it's... Nah, it's only... Uh, Pizza Hut Demo Disc Pizza, Tony Hawk yep. Pro Skater. Pizza Hut. I was gonna say maybe you might have to put Pizza Hut in there. Uh, no, I think I thought that I didn't know if we got that one from Pizza. Hut. I know we got Halos, Halos from, Pizza. from Pizza Hut. Yep. Fucking Cody stole I still it from got work. My DVD of Weekend of Bernie's from Pizza Hut. Oh, I still have Drop Dead Fred <laughs> and 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 Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. It's somewhere. I, I need to find my Weekend at Bernie's, man. Ugh. Was it one or two? First one. Ah, God damn, we're old and sad. <laughs> Dude, you know what's really sad? So, stopped in at, at Beans and Brews, right? And I walked in, because this one, they usually have, like, Journey or Queen, Led Zeppelin, yeah, something like that playing, plan. right? Like, Classic Rock. And I walk in, and I'm like, hey, Classic Rock isn't playing. But Creep by Radiohead was playing. But... Just uh, regardless of what okay. you feel about the song, I'm like, wait a minute. This song is like over 20 years old. It is now classic rock. I'm like, so technically they're playing classic rock, and I felt old as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going alt rock. I'm not going to let that be classic rock. It's still classic, though. Here's the thing. Classic rock was considered classic rock 10 years after it came out. <laughs> oh, I've been reading one of Klosterman's books, and he was talking about the difference between rock and rock and roll and rock and roll so there's rock oh and god. roll rock and Ampersand. then rock and roll oh dear god that's just too much no actually it totally made sense he Let was me talking guess, about... rock and roll is the old school rockabilly what would be the ampersand roll one it's not the ampersand it's and oh then god the, the apostrophe n, n. n. those Ugh. are the other two yeah so but what is what is so roll? rock rock is more like uh, Rolling Stones, uh, Led Zeppelin, that sort of thing. Rock, the stuff that stole from rock and roll. <laughs> right. And then rock and roll, the letter N, is like the, the hair metal stuff and that sort of thing. Like That's the stuff hair metal. post, like, you know, Rolling Stones, Aerosmith. 
less blues driven is the rock in roll. Whereas more rock and roll was more bluesy. Yeah. Because okay. it was just blues. Rock, rock still had blues elements. Rock in roll lost most of those blues, blues elements. elements. As in they stole from blues artists. Well, he even talked about like the twelve the the twelve bar progression for for you know the traditional blues mm-hmm. um, movement. And so whereas rock, you just get the three. Yep. Punk is like or, three chord or, progression. Or, it's just three chords. Or if you're the edge and you only have two, <laughs> two notes, not even chords. That's a fair point. Buff, biff, you, have you buff, seen? Biff. Have you seen that video of, uh, of Robert? Sorry, Jimmy Page. Yeah, Jimmy Page was the the guitarist. Yes. So Jimmy Page showing the edge and um, Jack White. They were kind. Of, you know, he was talking about. Well, he was, think, you know, like his, the way he would approach like songs. And he's talking about the intro to Cashmere, which is probably my favorite Led Zeppelin song because I just love that groove to that song. And, you know, he kind of starts talking about it and starts playing it. Jack White, you know, he can play a guitar, so he's following along. And the edge is sitting there looking lost as a motherfucker. And I love it. He's sitting there like looking at his guitar like, how do I mimic this? And, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want you to take all the chords you're doing, divide it by two, then divide it by two, <laughs> then divide it by two again, and then we then come back to me. <laughs> and somebody had a comment on the YouTube video. It's like, hey, Edge has a look on his face like, thanks for teaching me how to play guitar, Jimmy Page. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that is perfect. When- because the Edge is such a fucking loser. When you're the only band in the world whose bassist is overshadowing the guitarist, not because the bassist is the singer in the prima donna, but because they actually know what they are doing. Yep. It's so uh, true, dude. Uh, I was fuck just... you too, man. I am not a fan. Like, well, hell, you see, there are two bands. If you play, I kind of lose my shit about. One's you too, because I just can't fucking stand their shit. The only thing that made you two tolerable was fucking Johnny Cash. I love The Wanderer. Amazing. I never realized it was fucking U2 that was on it until you told me. Then I realized, oh yeah, there's only two fucking notes playing. So of and course then, it was U2. And then at the end, just, ah, Like, oh yeah, that sounds like Bono being a fuck dick. So yeah. <laughs> Trying to play up to the they competition could not, because... It's not saying that, uh... Johnny Cash no, fucking Johnny just Cash wasn't song, ruined though. by them or... They weren't yeah. elevated by Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash drugged them kicking and screaming into a good song. Yep. That whole fucking album, man. Oh, it is. It's... It is. Cl- there are two albums you cannot listen to and be happy. There's that, and then there's fucking Tallahassee. If I listen to either of those albums, I am sad. Because I don't know. By kind design, of blue by Miles Davis. I haven't heard that, it actually, dude. It is like, I mean, if you listen to it, it seriously feels like. Every ounce of pain and anguish he has experienced in life, he is putting into every single note. It is phenomenal. It's so clefting. Dude, it is. <laughs> There's your word. I, I love cleft. Cleft. It, clefting is an amazing word. Dude, it is. But cleft is awesome. Oh, kind of blue is just. What can I say? I have a palette for the word. <laughs> and not the type they use at Walmart. 
Jacob, <laughs> you made it bad. The type they use at Walmart. Any place that does any know, kind of stocking Bob. has pallets. I know. I was making a cleft pallet joke, you stupid <laughs> I, fuck. I know. Yeah, but you had to ruin it. Of course. I do something awesome. I do something smart. Yeah. I do something clever. Yeah. Let's not go so far. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, comparatively. Compared to not like the ones they use at Walmart. Uh, I was going to say compared to the edge. Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> You know what? Hey, let's start using that. Because as much as we give our podcast shit, compared to The Edge, it's amazing. (laughs) Hey, buddy. Compared to The Edge, Oliver contributes more to this podcast than The Edge does to rock and roll music. Took about an hour to get to that point, didn't it? I'm just gonna mosey down the road, mosey mosey down the road to get yep. to my point. Oh, so I did. Uh, I did see a pretty good movie uh, last it? week because you know since you know I didn't get to play Navy and it all got canceled. Um, we went and saw The Post, which was a really good movie. Really, like I didn't. I usually don't like Oscar bait. I I usually don't either. But going into it, you know what I really appreciated about it was Meryl Streep played timid. Like, she was playing a timid woman. Really? And I was like, I, you know, whenever I was first she thinking about it. She acts for the bleachers. Exactly. And that's why I'm watching it, and I'm like, how is she an, How is she up for, you know, how is she a possible, you know, best actress nominee for this role? I'm like, she's not being Meryl Streep. She's being really timid. And then I got to thinking, like, afterward, I was like, that's why it's Oscar worthy. To me, this is why this role, because she, she wasn't playing Meryl Streep. She was right. playing yes, the, the character. Right. And she was, fin- and believe it or not, my actual, <laughs> to me, the, the best role in that movie was by Bob Odenkirk. He fucking slayed really? in that movie. So he plays a, a, a reporter who actually, um, so the way it's set up, I don't know how much of the story, you know, so basically, there was this reporter um, who worked for a company who did a lot of stuff in, in Vietnam in the late 60s, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, whenever I listened to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, he was talking about the same company. I forget what it's called. But anyway, so this dude kind of wrote about things that were being said by the Secretary of State at the time on plane and in kind of privacy, right? Because he's like, no, this is a shit show. You know, we knew it was going to be a shit show, and this is still going on. But whenever he would be interviewed, he'd be like, everything's great. Everything's on course the way we want it to be. So he was this, he was doing the off-the-record shit. Right. So he filed, all, you know, that same uh, Secretary of State, I believe it was, had like thousands and thousands of pages that he wrote in this study about why it was such a bad idea but yet the u.s government still went along with it talking about kennedy johnson nixon and talk and they even went so far back as to truman in the late 40s setting everything up that continued on through nixon right and so uh this report the new york times gets a hold of the report because this dude 
um, he steals the a little bit at a time. He steals so much, takes it um, to a, a different office building, makes copies, and then takes the originals back until he gets all 20,000 some odd pages, whatever it is, copied, right? Gives a bunch of it to the New York Times. They run the story. Of course, this pisses off Nixon, which they do a really good job of show, of like videotaping like the post. Well, but it is. Oh, okay, eventually. Yeah. Okay. So they they have these cut ins of someone as a stand in for Nixon, like talking on the phone, and they play the actual yeah, the audio actual recordings because they're not oh, classified. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's oh d- they did that fantastically. But anyway, so you know he's talking about how you know he's like you know damn the press and I'll burn everybody down if I have to and all this. So they file an injunction. The Nixon White House does basically the American government files an injunction on the New York Times telling them that they are not allowed to print anything that could be seen as libelous against the government, right? So the Washington Post, one of the reporters, played by Bob Odenkirk, actually was in Vietnam with that guy who made all of these copies. So Bob Odenkirk got his hands on them, and so... Even though the New York Times had the injunction filed, they're like, we'll pick up the baton and go with yeah. it, right? But there's the whole, like, drama of, oh, should they or shouldn't they? And, yes. you know, the Post versus there the Times go. and all that. <laughs> but, um, so Meryl Streep plays the owner of the Washington Post, whose father was the owner, gave it to her husband instead of her to run the business. So she was just more of a socialite. Her husband commits suicide, and now all of a sudden she's in charge of the paper, and she's being ran all over by men, because of course. Because, yeah. You know, it's the, the late 60s, early 70s, so of course she is. Um, and Tom Hanks is the uh, the editor-in-chief for The Post, and so they decide to go ahead and go through this, and then, you know, the government starts to go after them, and, you know, Nixon's like, oh, they can't do this. But Odenkirk, as that reporter, like... Everything leading up to the point to where they get the, you know, they get the documents and they start reading through everything. Fantastic. Which I think Odenkirk is a good actor anyway. But this was something that, this was a role that you would usually see like J.K. Simmons or William H. Macy. But you can't have J.K. Simmons being in a newspaper movie anymore. Because then he'd be just (laughs) trying to get photos of of (laughs) Spider-Man. Right. God damn it, Parker! (laughs) You know know how there's those roles like kind of on the periphery that those two are really fucking fantastic at? And even Ruffalo to an extent? That's the role that he played, and he was amazing. Like, I'm like, Odenkirk killed that, dude. Absolutely killed it. I love you get to see, like, people like that uh, get to act. David Cross was in it, and it took me forever to figure it out. Holy shit, really? Yeah, because There was, like, a mini Mr. Show Yeah, they gave him hair, and that's what (laughs) threw me off. So, I heard the voice, and I'm like, that voice sounds familiar. And then I noticed the bold... Oh, my God, he just blew my mind. (laughs) And then I noticed the bulb end of his nose and I started piecing together. I'm like, that's fucking David Cross. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, just listen. (laughs) So, of course, we've been going back and watching Arrested Development. But anyway, no, that movie, like, you know, whenever it comes out, if you want to rent it, definitely worth it. It was a... It's nice to see Oscar bait being actively topical mm-hmm. because, yeah, that shit that is kind of important right yep. now. And then the way they – and it was at the end – I didn't want to say bookended because it's not beginning and end. But the end, the last three minutes is of 
someone uh, from, what was it, the FBI or whoever it was. Or no, it shows the across the street from uh, Watergate Hotel, and it shows like the people with the flashlights and everything else. And then you see Forrest Gump. Right, <laughs> well, <laughs> at first you see like there's this. Um, it's it's just an interior shot, and it has a, a black security guard. He's just kind of walking through, and he hears something. He's like, Let me "Check this out." It, he opens up the Watergate? door. Yeah. Uh. Because then it, it goes to like an exterior shot where over here on this side of the wall, you see the flashlights and people yeah. moving about. And on this one, you see it's backlit from the, the hall lights. And you see him just kind of, you know, get to his radio and say, I think somebody's... Br-, and they use the actual recording from the 911 call. Nice. And then the movie ends. That's Dude, really cool. It was so good. That is so... I might actually give this a go then. Hopefully that, that didn't cool. ruin it, but... Because so, to no, me, that was... Oh, you're, are you going to spoil fucking Watergate, Jake? The spoil movie, a true story. Jake, the movie Dick dealt with Watergate. <laughs> but no, dude, they, like, Spielberg, that was one of his best. Like, genuine movies, you know, not... Yeah, it was phenomenal, dude. Absolutely phenomenal. I walked out, I was like... Because when we went to see it, I was like... You know, I was kind of on the fence about Santa. I'm like, because I'm the same way. I'm like, it's Oscar I bait. Hate Oscar and I'm bait not so much. I'm not that big into Oscar bait, but I'm Except like. Except the place beyond the pines. That movie was straight up Oscar bait. It was going for the indie ish Oscar bait. Holy fuck, that movie was good. I haven't seen it, but the it sounds like Three Billboards is kind of like that. I heard it was indie not feel. that great. You know, it's kind of been back and but forth. But I've also heard, but like, I've yeah. heard that it, it, from what I've heard, it sounds like that where it has like an indie feel, but is kind of Oscar bait. But also. I did hear two things though. One, I found out that the dude who did it was the guy who did In Bruges and uh, Seven Psychopaths. And two, I still haven't seen In Bruges. Sam Rockwell is in it. Yes, and he is. He his he won best, a Golden Globe for it. That actually. boy needs more fucking. That boy needs Oscars. He's one of the most hidden gems yep. in acting because Seven Psychopaths is one of Whoa. my favorite fucking Dude, movies. That movie. I need to see Dude, that movie. You want to see it? I kind of have so I, much. I start to get yeah. Just from the fu- okay, from dealing with Sam Rockwell's bit and also fucking the ending speech. That fucking. Sp- Hold the monologue, the walking monologue about the goddamn, holy sh, dear viewers, um, if you don't know what we're talking about, fuck you, go watch Seven Psychopaths. (laughs) I'm not explaining it further than that. The movie is gold. It It is is. fucking gold. It is so good. Goddamn, that's a good movie. It is. I want to watch it again now. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I got to watch that movie again because it's, oh, it's fantastic. Tom Waits is really good in it, too. right? Tom Waits. I have it, if you want to borrow. I know, but I'm like... Oh, you want to get it? Yeah. Okay. Because I I genuinely enjoy... That's And I heard Sam Rockwell was the best part of of, uh, Three three Billboards, so... Yeah. I kind of want... Just because of that. Well, and Frances McDermott, she's She's usually solid. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, man. No, it's a fantastic movie, though. Yeah, that director made a good turn with uh, Woody Harrelson, too. In freaking uh, psychopath, but the thing is, I'm not a big fan of him, Bruges. I'm not a, I'm, I've never been a super huge fan of fucking everybody dies. Yeah. Even though this one made sense, because in it, uh, Reservoir Dogs is kind of like that. That though. was like, because that was one of the first ones I saw like that. And it kind of made, because it, it took, they took the. Concept I know you actually of, like Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. That's why I brought it up. Uh, it, it took the concept of well, that that whole movie was about 
a caper gone bad. Mm-hmm. So it's all about everything just goes to shit. Yeah. And I it it takes that the, the ending of Butch and Sundance and kind of extremifies it with yeah. the, just a little X capital M extreme. But uh <laughs> but not nah, extreme. It's a, extreme. <laughs> but I uh, Harold Kumar. <laughs> that was so extreme. <laughs> But no, nah, uh, Bruges was okay until like the end. But there was like a really weird stuff to. Uh, I liked it as a uh, a character study until it went all shootouty at the end. But you know, it happens. Yeah. Like it, I, I'm not gonna. Uh, it just wasn't my jam. It wasn't my steez. I'm not gonna. Hey, I'm not gonna hate on the movie because it just didn't fit into my purview. Yeah. Some movies like American History X, I will shit on that fucking ending all, until the goddamn cows I come know, home. I know how you hate that I ending. I fucking hate it. Because it is a. It is, it a, is great a great movie. movie. Yeah. But what it says at the very end is it doesn't matter what happens if you feel like changing, you're probably still gonna get shot in the head. Too fucking bad for you. Like. Okay, that's just going to perpetuate the stupid. I know that's kind of the point, but I don't. It's about getting over your bullshit. But here's. But, but no, no, you're right, and that's what it means. I 100% agree that I'm, yes, that's what it's supposed to mean. But I think there's a little more to it that you're missing. It also means the um, whether you know it or not, especially if you know it the effect that one person can have on others and how that affects how everything kind of snowballs. Well, we kind of already saw that by the whole fight the curve. One person had quite a f- effect on others. <laughs> but, uh, but, or, or the shower scene where multiple people had an effect on one person. <laughs> dude, that shower scene is it was, uh, yeah. so brutal. It was, dude. Yeah, that whole fucking movie was brutal. And also I didn't like the fucking bait and switch. Where the whole thing was about, oh, oh yeah, Ed Norton's going to get killed. Like, I'm going to kill you, Ed Norton. Actually, I'm going to kill Furlong. That whole bait and switch, it, it upset me as a ending because I hate, like, you spend this whole time setting up the Chekhov's fucking a checklist, the the Chekhov list, and then at the end, you fucking pull, pull the rug out like, nope, you were expecting that, we're going this, but it's such a whiplash, it... Thematically, all it does is say, hey, shock value, it must be deep, right? To me, that's every time I see, see that, I that's all I can think. But see, I don't blame you because on the surface, that's what it is. But I think it does go deep. Are you deep saying because, I'm shallow? No. No, because I I think that when the one kid shoots Furlong, that kid's going to go to jail. Guess what's going to happen whenever he goes to jail? Does he become a does he lifer get the magical like black else? sidekick? Or does he find out how much gang life is bullshit just like how Ed Norton found out that white supremacy was bullshit? You know, so then this kid gets out of jail and then there's some some cousin or some brother that he has. He get out of jail because his, well, one, but it uh, is the a color of his skin. But, and two, he, that he was straight up, that was straight up fucking a premeditated homicide. There's no way he's getting out of jail. You could say freaking I uh, the curb biting was excessive, yes, but for the most but part it was, it was reactionary. Right. It was it was manslaughter, not straight up fucking premeditated murder. He grabbed a gun, he brought it in, he shot a dude while his dick was out. Like right at the urinal. <laughs> so yeah, that 
it, he's not going to get out for a while. Like when he gets out, you know, uh, ice, when he gets out, ice tea is going to be in family movies. I actually think that I'm the, sorry, Ice Cube. Ice T is going to be on CSI. The, the kind of unsung part in that show. Law and Order. Beverly D'Angelo as the mother. Yeah, I forgot she was the mother. I hate Faruza Balk, so I'm not even going to get. You yeah. know what? I don't. She's I in bad movies a lot, but when she acts well, she. I actually is... kind of like the craft, but it's not because of her. But I don't like the craft. Yeah, I sort of do. But that's mainly because of Nev Campbell, and I forget the the actress, the black actress in it, because she's also in Half Baked. Yeah. yeah. But those are the only two that can act worth a damn in that movie. So I still remember when they played it on TV. They uh, the edited version had the the uh, arm marks uh, going across the grain instead of down it because they didn't want kids to know how to slit your wrists. Yep. But uh, anyway, that's one big tangent, but Beverly D'Angelo is fucking so she good. She really is. And of course, was it Judd Hirsch that's in it? No, it's um Elliot Gould. Which one is it? Is it Elliot Gould or Judd Hirsch? Who does he play? That plays the teacher slash the, the Jewish guy that Beverly D'Angelo is dating that's also a teacher. Oh, that furlong is being a fuckle about. But uh, in the in the flashback, the black and white flashback that Ed Norton is an, an entire, like, he goes, like, fucking Nazi, Nazi on, on him. him. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. I, I want to say it's... Okay, a bit of me wants to say it was the guy from fucking uh, Lost Boys, just because I think they looked alike. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't him. Okay, <laughs> but didn't he, uh, didn't he dress yeah. like... Because I saw the movie once. And for a, for a project I in like thinking Upward it's Elliot Gould because I keep thinking it's the same one that plays the dad from Big Hit plays Christina Applegate's dad <laughs> in the Big Hit which I need to watch again I need to have Sarah watch that because that <laughs> anyway so while you're looking that up Bob uh, on to still kind of talking about new stuff I actually bought the, for uh, on Xbox they had this sale going on right there were I know how we feel about EA, but just hang tight with me, okay? So basically, it was FIFA 18 and Need for Speed Payback, both for 60 bucks, which are both $60 games, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, cool, I'm totally going to buy this, you know? I've played a little bit of FIFA 18, but I've actually been playing some Need for Speed Payback. That's one of the, the better uh, Need for Speeds since... Oh, damn. Probably since Carbon. I I don't know, because the last That's good like game I played was ago. Midnight Run 2. That, wasn't that the one that had the drift mechanic that... No, that was um that was Carbon. Carbon oh, was had that drift. one of those? Okay, no, it was it was a the whole game was ba- was built around it. And I could have sworn it oh, wasn't the need Need for Speed. There was one called Need for Speed Drift or no, no, as in I don't think it was a Need for Speed. Then it was either oh I think uh, it might have been Midnight Run too, but that oh, game, Midnight Club Club you mean? yeah it could have been. But I was so fucking good at that. It was the only. Only game I was of those games I was good at because I could just eventually you get the timing just right. Yeah, and the that's only downside is the the soundtrack sucks ass. It's so bad. Well, see, I, this was high school, so we probably had the volume turned down and listened to ICP the whole time. <laughs> so yes, the soundtrack sucked. <laughs> no, I mean in the the Need for Speed Payback, but oh. um, <coughs> so no, the Midnight Club Two soundtrack was pretty good. Um, 
So I at the time I was thinking about maybe buying a WWE 2K18 because I haven't played one in forever. I just I I know. Just hear me out, okay? okay? I thought about doing it just because I haven't played one in so long. I wouldn't have a, you know other than ten to fifteen year old memories. I wouldn't have a frame of reference. I would I wouldn't know what I was missing because I haven't played anything since a PlayStation 2 version of a wrestling but Jake, game. Jake, here's why it wouldn't work well. Wrestling games, it started Simulations in, instead of yes, arcades. I know we've, they're we've not, talked about this. That's, like, the computer knows exactly when to reverse every one of your moves. You have to try... That game is not built on... Okay, I'm going to set up my stats. I'm going to set up my moves. It is... <clears throat> can you hit the, the R trigger fast enough? That's how that game's built. When to hit it, where to hit it, how fast to hit it. That's it. It's boring as fuck, Jake. The, the new games are so boring. Mm-hmm. The character creator's awesome. The game is boring as hell. Yeah. <clears throat> so don't. Yeah, Save and your I money. didn't. I mean, I had, uh, I'd also bought Madden 18, so I'd been kind of playing some of that also. So I've been kind of, you know, spreading my time between WoW, Madden, FIFA, and Payback. <laughs> but this morning, I, I, man, I was up at like 5.30 kind of suck that's when i finally but, went back to sleep but i um i ended up just staying up and uh started tweaking like i actually you started took the tweaking time, sorry <laughs> i took the time to tweak the the look of one of my cars so you have different branches so you have a car that's meant just for racing there's just drifting just off-road there's one called runner which is basically the one that you use when running from the cops so they they kind of build it up car. with Extra, yeah. The the runner, yeah. Okay. So, um. Anyway, <clears throat> so there was one I didn't even know I had this car. Apparently, they gave me an Audi for the runner class, and I didn't even know it. Get so right like, out of town. Uh, actually, on the the <laughs> I changed the license plate. It does say Audi, but it's O U T T I E. But anyway, um. So I actually like chose a kind of a um. A pearl, like bright green color, for the car. You should rename it a uh, Casty for Audi Casty. <laughs> but uh, so I actually took the time because they have things to where whenever you do the wraps and decals and stuff, of course you can upload it. And I'm like, you know what? I actually want to take 45 minutes. And work on the wrap for this car to see what I can come up with. And I came up with this. Dude, it actually is kind of sharp. So, like, the back half, it, like, fades into the green. It fades into the green. But it's, like, a pastel, like, um, yellowish orange. I'm sorry, what yeah. is it, Jake? Pastel. It's a pastel. <laughs> so, it goes from pastel. <laughs> <laughs> pastel yellow up to that like vivid green it's kind of dope anyway um but there's this the the coolest mechanic is every it's about every week every two weeks they release a um an abandoned car somewhere in the world right in the game world so you got to go find it <clears throat> whenever you do the cops come after you and you just got to return it safely right <clears throat> So I only missed one car so far, but um, the most recent one was like the BMW M3, like from Most Wanted, which was awesome. But anyway, um, yeah, so it's been a lot of fun, like the different extra things that they have instead of just racing. 
you know, you have things like, um, oh shit, I lost my train of thought. So whenever you beat like one of the clubs, right, they tell you where a chassis is for a derelict car, which is just like a car that's all broke down and you've got to restore it, right? Mm -hmm. So you find the chassis, but all the other four parts are like on these higher parts. You've got to find ramps to get over to them and do all this kind of shit, right? And, uh... There's things like a an old Chevy stepside pickup truck. Um, and whenever you pick up these derelicts, you can actually choose... Derelict my balls, Capitan. Um, you can actually choose what type you want that car to be. So I have like a Volkswagen Beetle as like an off-road vehicle. And yeah, it's fun though. I like it. Anyway, I can see you're getting bored. I see your eyes glossing over. I was over. bored at the beginning. I'm sorry. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm not not hating on you. I'm just. <laughs> man, go eat a bag of donkey <laughs> dick. <laughs> okay. I'm Bob. I'm better than anybody. Ha! Bullshit. <laughs> All right. All right, Bob. <laughs> All right. So today is going to be a bit of a long episode because 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 uh, we have not done this in over a month. Well over a month. Well over a month. We're bringing back a little what the fuck Potter. And we're finally starting with Order of the Phoenix. Dude, my favorite book. All right. So, Jake, and so we're going to have Jake read them off cuz this time I made them <clears throat> I made it a point to, you know, make a drive file for it so he didn't have to make fun of my stupid handwriting. So, Jake, if you could please Okay, so you got the name wrong on the very first word, and I don't know if you did that on purpose or on accident. I don't accident. give a shit if I spelled Mundingus wrong. It's Mundungus. That's why I'm saying that, Bob. It's a U instead of I. I've always called him Mundingus. Dingus. <laughs> okay, so Mundungus left his post to see someone about some cauldrons that fell off the back of a broom. How does shipping work in the wizarding world? Why would they have a stack on the back of a broom? Even oh Bob. oh wow I did put in Avon oh Bob. wow I this can't is like believe reading I did that. fucking fan fiction no, all over in again. my defense Jake I was trying to uh, knock these out while I was working so I apologize even with a weightless charm that is insane why not use that Time Lord tank and put like a hundred tons sorry kilos in one sack like the Weasley's tent or Hermie owns clutch purse they have bag of holding technology why won't they use it. Dude, I don't know how you come up with some of these because uh, they kind of make sense also. Hey Jake, now you know why it's written bad. But I mean like owls bring in post, right? But still you have owls that carry these really heavy packages at the same time. Yeah. But like you said, why can't they just use like a weightless charm or something? Anyway. For reals. Okay. Of all the things the Dursleys accuse Harry of, what happened to Ditters was the most understandable. Look at it. Dudley can't see Dementors, which I don't think we find out about until after this scene. Was that in the last book? Did that, or did that, or not last book, but did that come up in Azkaban? Because I know it's not, I didn't know about it until fucking. I think it mentions it in Azkaban. It says that muggles can't sense it, that to them, you know, they just start to feel depressed or cold. I don't remember ever. Yeah, I think it mentions it in Azkaban. Um, And Harry was actively antagonizing him, actually bullying. So, yeah, he thought Harry did it all. And here they both arrive, one with no physical scar and the other with what I assume is a massive weld on their head. Since Dudley is a boxer now, Occam's razor would lead anyone 
to think that Harry did that voodoo he do to duders. <laughs> In a series where the Dursleys are seen as just dicks, this, and what the Weasleys did to them last book, seriously, they broke into their house, attacked their kid, then berated them for being bad parental units. Seriously? <laughs> no, I'm laughing at the parental units. It's like we're in fucking demolition, man. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Don't, rib- Don't ignore him. Him's just a weedle fiend. <laughs> oh, All right, let's see. Is one of the very few times where I think they had every right to assume it was Harry's doing. And I 100% agree with that assessment. Thank because, you. no, that's true. Because if you, whenever it comes, you know. It comes down to, sure, his his assaulting of them is usually reactionary because they're horrible people. But at the same time, he's still doing it right back at them. All right? Once he knows he has power, what's the first thing he does? He uses it to terrify and fucking cow Dudley. That's the first thing he does. The chosen one, the incredibly polite, the heart as big as the world, Harry Potter, the moment he realizes he has power over them, uses it. Abuses it. You could say, oh, I guess it was Voldemort's soul, buddy. No, no it, wasn't it was Voldemort's him sword, finally soul. getting, it was Voldemort's sword deep inside him. <laughs> uh, it wasn't that, like, no, it was him finally getting power over them and him abusing said power. Yep, and I agree. Just the same way they abuse theirs. Exactly. Okay. Miss Fig, we might as well be hanged for a dragon as an egg. No, no, just re- just respect for a good idiom. <laughs> that was a good one. Like, well, we might as well be hung as a dragon as uh, hung for a dragon as an egg. That that fucking thing is great. That is a really good wizard-based idiom. And props, J.K. Seriously, <laughs> not Simmons, <laughs> <laughs> not the aforementioned Simmons. God damn it, Parker! <laughs> God damn it, Weasley! Also, Give me pictures of Voldemort! I kind of think Tom Hardy might be badass as Eddie Brock and Venom in that Venom movie. But, I'm just saying. Uh, it depends on how they do it. If they do it kind of like, uh, you know, Lethal Protector, it might be okay. I'm not sure, but I don't know. We have too many uh, angsty anti-heroes as it is. It's true. After this, remind me uh, about Lethal Weapon. You just said Lethal and it made me think of Lethal Weapon, so remind me. Okay. If the trace, as it was explained, notices only magic had occurred and not who done it, how was it that the advanced guard were able to unlock Harry's room, use Lumos, and do that egg-cracky cloaking spell without Harry getting tossed into Azkaban? But that's why they were moving so quick, because they knew that eventually it would register at the... But it still would register, Jake. It doesn't matter how fast they act. Right. No, I agree. But... I thought that I've actually had this same thought, but if you remember, they're trying to get Harry out kind of quick also because they're like, look, the ministry is bound to show up any minute, so but let's they get this still going. Know. But in the midst where they were like sending them the letters, Harry, don't do magic, don't do magic. Magic keeps happening around him, all right? Now, I could understand the year prior where Mr. Weasley came in because he would have marked it because he talked to the ministry and got the got the uh, chimney set to the flu network so they would understand, oh, Weasley's there, magic, it'll be just fine because Weasley is there so he would know it might be him. This is someone who is, the, the ministry is chomping at the bits to fucking hang, all right? And out of nowhere, magic keeps happening. Okay, now, here's, I think there could be 
an argument that could be made for Lumos. Think because Lumos, I I don't I could see Lumos not being one that pops up. He got busted but, for a hovering charm in second. But book. remember, hovering is just hovering. But it's also different. Hovering can have a different type of not connotation. It could be used in it a different way. It can be used other than in a Lumos. way to teabag your uncle while he <clears throat> sleeps. But. Beep. That egg cracky cloaking spell. That egg cracky cloaking spell. Now, I think I think that would flag. Yes, that one There's for no sure. way it wouldn't. Right. They unlocked his house. They did all bunch of shit. There is no way his ass is not in Azkaban, at all. So let's see. And they uh, even said we must use brooms, no magic. Um, bitch, you just you just slammed magic cum all over my head. You already did magic. Just fucking pour it, Kami, the shit out, bro. But could... Is there something that Kingsley could have done on the back end that we didn't know about? Considering he is who he is with the Aurors, is there any chance that he could say, hey, I'm going to do some investigating on this whole thing with Harry Potter. I'm going to kind of keep an eye out if, you know, there if is. there's... Yes, there is. But guess what, Jake? It's not That's in the you book. you inserting it into the story. That's right. you personally... Using yourself to fill that plot hole, filling it deep That's with what I do. all of yourself. That's what I do. What deep? <laughs> Dick. <laughs> well, yeah, that was my point. <laughs> What's so funny about a potato peeler? I get a microwave. It's a box that mystically heats food with science and death rays by superheating water molecules to the point that they flash boil everything around them. It's fucking insane. But a potato peeler? It's just a knife with a hole in it. Even wizards need to peel shit. You think all of them can charm a knife to do that? Have you tried peeling something perfectly with a chef knife? It's kind of hard. <laughs> it's a bitch. No, this as a cook, this pissed me off, Jake. When they're all looking at it, it's like, Oh, look at all these funny things in the kitchen. Microwaves are fucking weird. That's true. To where if you... You would die within five seconds if you were in a, a, a setup of a microwave oven. Your, your blood itself will boil so hot you would be dead instantly. Microwaves are fucking weird, all right? That's why everybody was so paranoid of them in the 60s and 70s. But everybody 70s. thought it was radiation. It's not radiation. It's just superheating water molecule. Technically, it's microwave radiation, but it's not. But it's a completely different type of radiation. It's, I read ahead to a lot, and I'm already laughing. But no, so. like that fucking drove like that drove me nuts as a cook because part of it is uh, part of uh, getting past thing is actually peeling, doing like you had to. Per- Have you zesting a fucking orange? Holy shit, it's hard. Yeah, but even with a little peeler knife, it was so. But what is so shocking? It's a knife. You peel things with it. It's just a basic knife, but the hole's in a different spot, or but the blade's in a different bit. That's it. Yeah. It's not shocking, fuckers. Anyway. But no, I agree. You would you would think that wizards would have oh peelers. look at the potato peeler, especially considering they're so backdated. Can openers, I would understand a manual can opener because but sure. they're so far back that you would think that they would know what a potato peeler is. Yeah, because it's just a knife that peels. Right. There you go. But no, like a can opener, sure. A can, like even the hand cranky ones, because you know you look at somebody fucking uh, you yourself when you see someone using an old can opener that's just that fucking that hunk of metal. It looks like magic. Like how the fuck does that work, bro? You're a god. 
Maybe it's just that one wizard, though. It was fucking Tonks. Oh, was it? She was, she was, but she's a mudblood, or not a mudblood, she's a half-blood. She's a half-blood, she would know because her dad is a fucking... It was either Tonks or that old lady. Yeah, because her dad is a muggle. Yeah. That's why they're outcasts from the family. But Seamus still had fucking, woo, weird things with normal shit, too. Anyway. Anywho. Okay. They reference having Mad-Eye, and then later he actually does... Look into the lockbox to see if it has a boggart in it. Does that mean he knows what a boggart actually looks like? Because they assume the image of the fear of something looking at it, one assumes that means some kind of proximity is needed for them to scrape the surface thoughts of those around it. It cannot be a constant thing. Like, how everyone just sees their worst fear, it's one specific person's fear. I'm sorry, fear. that was right. Like, like if, if everybody looked at a boggart and saw something yeah. different... That would be different. Yeah. That would be, that would be, yeah, it has right. a field. But since he looks like fucking Snape to everybody. Right. That's. Right. Like you say, it has to be proximity. How the hell is this not something that got Moody a book, a three book deal with whoever let Lockhart sell plagiarized young adult novels? <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. Oh man! I wish it was my. But joke. I've thought about that sometimes. What the Lockhart? Well, okay, and I, I absolutely love this. I ought to send them to you. Uh, there's three different musicals. It's this uh, this theater troupe they do. Uh, yeah, I know you yeah, talked about it. The before. Harry Potter musical and the yeah. Harry Potter senior year. I uh, Professor Lockhart because it's basically I, uh, it's it's Chamber of Secrets the uh, the the plot the basic plot, and in it Lockhart is famous as the author of such wonderful book series as Twilight, Hunger Games, and Divergent. Because he takes young adult novels oh. and sells them to wizards. It is fucking hilarious. That's funny. Mm. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, 106. Oh, I know. Okay. I was just kind of thinking about the whole Boggart thing. So, oh, yeah. I've thought about that also, but I wonder if... You know how... <sighs> Once again, I know you're going to say that this is me just filling in a plot hole. No, no, no. Deeply, you, it's your opinion. It's your thought of what the, it the is. The way I always thought about it was that it's going to be one of two things. Either he sees what his boggart is is going to be, right? That's what he sees whenever he looks in there. Or, and like you mentioned, there still has to be a proximity, but it's like but three floors that's up. The thing, though. No, no, no. The boggart chooses the form, so it has to know it's being observed. Right. So... Or two, if it's something to where it's like, I, I always hated this because sometimes it sounds like absolute um, semantical bullshit. But what if that boggart is just darker than the blo- the black of the um, the chest being closed? Like if there's some way that it's just so much darker it's, that he can see the movement. It's more black. The this. It couldn't be any more black. <laughs> now, I would, I actually would kind of get it, but I think Moody's eye sh- uh, gives, would show, because this, again, this is just us having, because I like the idea that not much was explained about a boggart, because right. you you give, uh, think about, like, uh, once the, the monster in the movie is shown, it's no longer scary. 
because you now know, oh yeah, that's what fear looks like. That's the face of fear. But as long as you don't know, that not knowing is what's like, the, the, the fact of not knowing is part of the fear. So this is one of those things that's not, well, Jake, Rowling kind of sucked at this, blah, blah, like, no. Yeah. The more you describe it, the less weird and scary some, yeah. th- some things are. And this is one of those things, yeah, you don't want to overshare. So I'm not giving her shit or, like, you filling out a plot hole. This is you assuming something. Mm-hmm. And everybody's okay with yeah. just, I, I, I pictured it like this. That's fine. You don't have to fill this plot hole. But this specific one, you kind of do. Because yeah. like, it's not even a plot hole. It's just, holy shit, what the fuck does a boggart look? Moody knows what a boggart looks or like. Or even more so, what the fuck does Mad-Eye's eye actually do? Like, I mean, is it like fucking Predator Vision? It's fucking or? Sauron, okay? <laughs> Who just right? is like... He... The eye is ever watching. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we have been watching. And he can see him when he's invisible. <laughs> <laughs> we have watched Fellowship and Two Towers. They still to- Two Towers is still the best of those three movies. But anyway, uh, there's a description of Creature, aside from the loincloth tied around his waist. Can we take a minute to dwell on the fact that Creature is rocking a thong? Now, I haven't thought about it as a thong, but I'm like, he's like fucking Conan. Yeah. I'm like, one strong gust and you're going to see all of spankies. Creature's bits. He's rocking some spanks. All right. Dude, oh, I God. Saw- oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I just thought of something worse. Jake, you know when uh, when they start treating Creature kind of cool and he actually does his, he, he brushes his hair, he actually combs out his, his ear you hair. Yeah. Do you know where I'm going with this now? Did he <laughs> fluff his bush and did it drop? <laughs> did it poke out his loincloth? Or, or even worse, how far do you, he got kind of old. What happens when you get old? You think creature's balls drift a little below? <laughs> Dude, you know whenever he would go to jump up on a table, you're totally going to get flashed by creature balls. Oh, oh God. When he's like fighting the Battle of Hogwarts, when he's swinging that frying pan around, it's like, hold on, everybody. You know, his, you know you that his loincloth is going you to know, be... And also his flourish. Anytime he wind. killed a, a dark, uh, a Death Eater, you knew he was on. Oh, I gotta serve this tea bag up hot and put that fucking pan right there. It's sizzling, boy. <laughs> He's like, ain't it a shame? <laughs> oh god, elf tea bag. Oh my god, and when they fucking Mundungus, <laughs> when they freaking attacked him, when Creature and Dobby were all like, ha, <laughs> dude. Fletcher's arm was just deep dived inside creature dick. (laughs) (laughs) At least Dobby was wearing clothes. No wonder he told them anything. He's like, I gotta wash. Uh, What's the scouring charm? You know what I just realized? Sex makes babies. No. If he has a loincloth, that means at some point in time he had to have been given clothes. No, that it, I think I think the loincloth thing, and this isn't really me projecting. It kind of seems, it's not actual clothes. It because Dobby at least had a sack. Yeah, but I think when the contract is signed, something would be. Gotcha. This is your uniform. That would make sense, but like that, it was just simple. This is your uniform. Yeah. If you wear anything, that other would than make that. sense too. But and a loincloth isn't really clothes. It's yeah, just it's, it's just a hunk of fabric. Okay, page one thirteen. When Sirius is explaining how all pure blood families are basically science hill. 
Dude, I'm going to stop for a minute because that shit is so Because <laughs> that is an overarching thing. This that is the, no, that's the worst part. That is the best way to describe it that nobody but me, you, and three other people are going to get. Which is a microcosm of this podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. I, well, we have oh, discussed shit. it. There are three names in the entirety of Science Hill, Kentucky. Yep. Wesley Dalton and... No, not Dick. Which one was it? Wes, uh, Wesley Dalton. Uh, was Taylor. It no. God damn it. What was, was it? Was it Dick? No. Because Dick is one of them. There's a lot I of thought Dicks. it was Taylor. Thought it was Taylor, but anyway, we'll have to read. There's very few names. Podcast. You and find the clip and you plug it in there. It is a smallish area, and yeah, they're all related. I'm just gonna leave that. I'm just gonna take this and set it down and leave it. <laughs> anyway, quote: Molly and me are related by marriage, and Arthur is like a second cousin. End quote. Nah, shit, Sherlock. Your second sentence explains the first, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, hold on. Me and Molly are related by marriage. Oh, and me and Arthur are second cousins. Derp! You're related by marriage because you and Arthur are second cousins. I think whenever he says by marriage, he means on Molly's side that there's no actual blood. And he's not talking about... Yeah, guess what? He's not talking about his relation, his... His blood relation to Arthur, he's talking that someone in Sirius's bloodline yes, married Molly. He is Molly's related to butt. Molly by marriage, but Arthur is a second cousin. So guess what? They are technically related by marriage. Okay, no, so it would be like Brian. Our cousin Brian is our cousin by marriage. Actually, he's not our it's There's no blood marriage. relation at all. Right, but it is by marriage, though. He's still a cousin by marriage because his mom married a blood relative of ours. So he is a, it's like a step cousin, but it's still a cousin by marriage. Yeah, it's just you call someone cousin. It's like, but it's like it's, calling someone Uncle Jerry just because, you know, he used to visit you late at night. Oh, Bob, that's terrible. <laughs> no, it's fucking horrendous. Oh, I'm sorry. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, shit. But that's, that's it. funny, though. That, that is that it. That was great. Now, Jake, lethal weapon. Okay. Sorry. So let's let's close out on this. So um, <laughs> we actually took the time to sit down and watch the first lethal weapon. I saw it was on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. All four of them are on Netflix. Oh, so shit. we're going to go through and we need to watch, watch like Jet two, Lee three, being and four. An, well, two and four. Dude, I love. Well. I do like you three. Tolerated, I tolerated. No, three. I three though. The only thing is like the bad guy, like the actual like bad bad guy, where he's like a former cop and all that bullshit. I don't remember the plot, the three, except it had Joe Pesci and it was annoying. Joe Pesci's in the second one though too. Yeah, but he's in it a little bit. You know the main part about the second one? Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> <laughs> See, the second one, I always thought that Riggs died at the end for some reason. Like, I totally, once he's laying there on the deck after getting shot several times, I just, I just, for whatever reason, I forgot the rest of the movie after that. <laughs> and I thought Riggs died. So the third one comes out. I'm like, Riggs died. How is this happening? <laughs> and that sounded about right. Cause I would have been like 12 whenever the third one came out. Anyway, um, the first one still holds up. There is some things where you're like, mm, 
you know, like whenever his jacket's on fire and Danny Glover's trying to put it out and he's trying to pull the jacket off and he's like, what are you, a fag? And I'm like, uh, okay, it was 84, I'll it give you a little, was, yeah. or 87, it I'm was, sorry, it was 87, so when that yeah, one came out, it was, I'm uh, like, eh, but I... Being older, which, I mean, last time I watched the first one was probably like 10 years ago or something. But even more so now, I realize that they don't beat you over the head with the racial tension. Like, considering it's Los Angeles in the 80s, it's really, really subtle. It's not like... Well, yeah, because they were trying to make a buddy cop movie. Right, but but there's already an understated tension there. But most of the tension is is uh, <clears throat> is less about race and more about this guy's fucking Section Eight. <laughs> but I also forgot that Murtaugh was a Vietnam vet also because they focus so much more on Riggs and his being fucked in the head because of it. But Murtaugh, remember oh, yeah, the girl who torched, throws yeah. herself the well, not just that the girl who throws herself off the building at the beginning. Oh yeah, her dad was, served with yeah. Murtaugh in Vietnam, and that's because what, that's the impetus of everything, right? Because yeah. his wife, Murtaugh's wife, is like someone from you know one of your Vietnam buddies, and he's like, yeah. And I was like, I forgot that Murtaugh I was also, yeah. and so it was one of those things that I'm like. It's an now that I'm older. Also, I realize it's an interesting dynamic between two different types of Vietnam vets. Now, did Murtaugh also not like using his gun because he shot a kid? No. Okay, that was the no. third one. Okay, that was the third one. He shoots his, his son's friend in the third one. Okay, that's something that I kept accidentally getting stuck with. I. Uh, uh, Reggie Vel, uh, Vel Johnson. I kept like that whole his whole I thing. Shot is, a kid. I shot a kid. Uh, his whole thing with that. I, t- I for some reason it was dark. Gun thinking, looked real enough. I kept thinking that that was also why Murtaugh never shot. No, because he also shot a kid. No, with his like, I think that him using a six shooter is showing how less likely he is to want to use his gun. Yeah, because, because it's more per- you you only with, have six with shots. A, well, yeah. not just that, but with a six-shooter, you have to make it a point every single shot Pull to pat, cock on. Yeah. Right. There's no semi-automatic to it. So I think that... There's it, no disconnect. It's you <laughs> actively choosing a, every step along the way. Yep. And so there's little things like that that I've noticed. Maybe it, you know, it is just age, but... But it is, it's one of those things I was like, I can't believe I forgot Murtaugh was a, but there was a lot of stuff in there and I'm like, that shit's kind of like really, really funny. Like it is still kind of a funny movie. And that's why I kind of want to go back and watch the second one. Yes, I know the whole diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic from, immunity. From, uh, it's what's a- his name from Mighty Ducks, but. Oh yeah, Hans. He plays Hans and. Uh, Hans, Hans and Franz. Franz. Yep. Yeah. Diplomatic <laughs> Uh And then for some reason, I, okay. Uh, what was the name but of I what was the name of that of the National Lampoon ripoff movie? Loaded National Weapon? Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. Uh, part two. Was it Loaded Weapon Part Two? No, it was Loaded Weapon. Oh, Loaded Weapon. Part okay, one. it was just named. Okay, it was just named yeah. Part One. Yeah. I keep getting that mixed up with I. Uh, What's her name? Christy, uh, <coughs> uh, old model chick. Her whole thing. I keep Christy on Ireland? No. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Kathy Ireland. Kathy, not Kathy Ireland, but uh, the one who married fucking, uh, no. I can't remember. Claudia, Sh- no. I can't remember. But uh, 
her character, I kept on getting mixed up with the bad guy from two just because it's i saw both of them around the same time and then never saw him again <laughs> so i kept on thinking like wait why is the bad guy selling girl scout cookies <laughs> i keep on thinking that this this fucking south african shit storm is selling girl scout cookies well and on top of that i noticed the end apartheid a magnet that they had on their fridge in the Murtaugh's house, oh, which really? I'm like, that's kind of a nice little shout out. Well, yeah. That's very like time capsule, you know, but no, it's just so like time capsule. That... It was 1996 when that shit finally stopped. I know, but I'm talking about in 87 that there's just something that's, that's very snapshotty that I just really appreciated. Yeah. But, um, on top of that, I'd see someone, I'm like, they're in Die Hard. That person's a diehard. <laughs> that person, because remember, Richard Donner produced Die Hard also. Remember? No, I didn't. <laughs> so the lady who plays the uh, the psychiatrist in Lethal Weapon, she plays in Die Hard. She plays the news anchor on TV, like whenever everything's going on. Um, so she's in it. The guy who plays um, the other Johnson, the Black Johnson. <laughs> He is in Lethal Weapon as a detective. And so there's all of these people that keep showing up. I'm like, they were also in every movie in the 80s, Jake. <laughs> Pretty much. It's true. America only, was smaller only, in the 80s. Only missing William Atherton. Lethal <laughs> <laughs> Weapon as a bad guy. But Gary Busey, I'm like, it's good to see Gary Busey back whenever he before could still he form got, coherent. Yeah, sentences. before his brain wrapped around a tree. Yeah. I was like, he can he can still act in this movie. And he was always crazy. Mm-hmm. Every he always acted crazy. Only now he ain't gotta act. Poor guy. I know. It is. It's such a damn shame, dude. But it, it just kinda leads me like I'm like, maybe I should go back and watch like Beverly Hills Cop in forty eight hours. You wanna see problematic. Right. Watching Eddie fucking Murphy joint. Right, and that's why I wanna go back and watch it because like I don't know, there was just something while watching it, I'm like this movie kind of holds more weight, and I understand this movie more than what I ever did. Which you know, of course, you know, whenever you watch it, whenever you're 15, and you watch it whenever you're 36. Yeah, I think it's the last time different. I watched it was when I was like 20, 18, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it does. Like it still really holds up, though. Nice. That's the only thing I noticed where I'm like, did we really have to say that? <laughs> you went on tea kettle. Yeah, I'm like. Those kids are still hilarious. Like whenever they go to see the the one, uh, stop chewing on things. The one hooker, and they're like, "You're gonna Oi. bust, Dixie," and they all start getting all sing songy before the house blows up. Right? Yeah. Those kids are still hilarious. And after it blows up, they're like, "Did you see that? That was so cool." <laughs> Those kids are hilarious, man. Oh, he's still hobbling. But then, even as I'm watching it, I'm like. There's actually places where there's, like, some houses, but then there's totally open lots, and I'm like, that shit would not be open lots now. 30 years later, not an open lot. No. Not in L.A. But I don't know. It was, it was, I really enjoyed watching it, dude. Nice. Hell yeah. So, that's, that's, I just wanted to say my piece on. Also, speaking, have you seen uh, Stardust? Maybe is that got the Robert De Niro? Yeah, oh. the, yeah. Robert De Niro is a, is a sky pirate. That movie's you don't like it? I don't think I really like. No, I because it came out like what in oh nine something two thousand ten. I know nine something like that. I know Bellatrix was a fan, but I'm oh, like, oh okay, nah. yeah. But they <clears throat> like 
like super fantasy stuff, like to the point to where it's like, oh, you know, I could imagine that shit being real. I'm like, I fucking hate when people do that. I, I was enjoying it because I like fantasy and I like fantasy that has not the fantasy itself has rules, but something around. Like, but whenever it's, you it's have not, a 13 year old who thinks that being like oh my a God, spine of God vampire be, oh is God. actually a possible thing and yeah. you totally um, grow that thought process, I'm like, no. I was playing Dungeons and Dragons at 13. I didn't think I was going to be able to fire magic missiles at my foes. Doesn't mean I I didn't want to. I accepted that it wouldn't happen, and I was disappointed that it would never happen, but I accepted it wouldn't happen. I just cried myself to sleep for years, okay? (laughs) Like a grown-ass man. All right, Bob. I'm tapped out of topics. Jake took the wheel. Took the wheel. Yeah, Jake took the wheel. Damn, we had hi too. We had a decent, we had a long ass in this fuck. Alrighty, y'all. That's good. <laughs> that was that's a good, good stuff. It has been a while since we recorded, so yeah. So yeah, that's about going to do it for this episode then, because I'm kind of tuckered out. Jake's kind of mm-hmm. tuckered out, and I don't think I felt like cooking, so I'm just going to do that crock pot. Because what I was going to do is I was going to cook up some, I uh, take some meatballs, put it in a crock pot, put some tomato sauce. I'm just tired because I beat off into a cup today. <laughs> oh yeah, you went yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually uh, that was the pre-roll before before this. So okay, uh, you know what? Let's just let that leave. Let's just let that. Let's simmer. let that linger. Let linger. Yeah. So I'm gonna make like a little uh, slow cook crock pot thing with some uh, frozen uh, meatballs. Some some of the, dude, the tomato sauce that uh, they had like at Costco. There was a thing of three tomato sauces, just basic, organic, urban, whatever. Right. Fucking delicious. Holy shit, Jake. And just mozzarella. Let that slow cook and heat up for about 30 minutes. Oh, so Soraya found actually at Costco. You know whenever we go to Seattle, talk about that cheese place called Beecher's? Sure. Has, like, literally the best macaroni and cheese I've ever had, dude. All right? She actually found some. They actually have it at Costco in Murray. They... Like thirteen bucks. We were gonna pay seventy five dollars to get it to have a quart of it shipped to us. That's it, just for a quart. And of that seventy five, forty five of it was the shipping cost. And we were going to do that because this macaroni and cheese is so good. All right. Anyway, sorry. We're out, bitches. (laughs) If you need to uh, reach out to us, uh, Twitter at ABQ Podcast. Capital A, capital B, capital Q. There we go. Podcast. Fuck, every time you cunt. Anyway, all right, so until next time, we here at the Brothers Quarrel would like to remind you that no one ever truly wins an argument. Especially if you're Richard Nixon. Okay.